Welcome to See Me After Class. This is a podcast by two New Zealand secondary school teachers based in the Southern Alps of New Zealand. We operate out of classrooms that look out over the most stunning mountain ranges in the bottom of the South Island. And it's my pleasure to introduce Renee Plunkett, who is a fourth year English teacher. And sitting here with me is Chris War, a teacher with 17 years under his belt from both overseas and here in New Zealand. And Renee, apart from being a teacher, is also an avid gardener. And Chris also enjoys triathlon. This podcast is about the day-to-day realities and joys and sometimes horrors of our teaching experience in the classroom. So we invite you to listen in and we invite you to give us feedback on what you hear. This is... See Me After Class. Welcome along to See Me After Class. It's term four, week three, and episode 30, Renee. Gosh, that just seems like a huge number of these podcasts that we've done, Chris, when you say it like that. Yes, although they've probably turned mostly into, uh, you know, couple therapy. <laughs> we have, we've done 30 of them. And actually to uh, break into that, ta- that habit of ours of just chatting to each other, we've done something different this week. And as mm. promised, we've invited Anna to come along and join us in the conversation. We recorded a, a, a quite a lengthy conversation with her earlier this week. So that's going to be the bulk of this podcast. But since it was the last week for most of our seniors, we thought we'd also just check in with each other and see how that went. Did you have mm. any highlights? Oh, Chris, there were probably too many to count this week. It's it's quite a special, um, it was quite a special day on Friday, particularly, I think for me, this is the group of students that that I have, I started out with, they made up the very first class that sat in front of me um, on my very first day at Mount Aspiring College. And so I sort of have a bit of an affinity for this year group, I guess they're always going to hold a wee place um, in my teaching career like that. So it's been... um, It's been a lovely week. I've had, I guess I've got one highlight that I really want to tell you about. Uh, There's been a student who for the last four years has been in my English class every single year. And um, her boyfriend is in my Fano class. You might have heard me talk about him before a little bit. And they uh, hung around behind at the end of my lesson um, on Thursday where I said goodbye to my year 13 class. And um, they presented me with a card and some lovely flowers, but it was the card that really stood out because on the front of the card, (laughs) it said, I'm so sorry for your loss. (laughs) That's wonderful. A sympathy card. A sympathy card. And it was just the best. It made me laugh. Um, oh, and I've well, got... it means that you're actually you've done your job because yes. if a, a 18 year old can be ironic as naturally <laughs> as that and understand that it'll be understood means that they are now fluent in the English language. Oh, Congratulations so. to you! Thank awesome. you. It was a great moment. How about you? Oh, oh I've I've similarly had lots of moments that I found to be really moving. Um, I think in some cases there was just. I got to the point where I just had to resign myself to the fact that I'd be crying each time yeah. I encountered a kid. But um, I think I think Charlotte and I definitely, the, we're the year 13 deans together, and so our cohort had their last day on Friday. Um, we do have one more event, which you and I mm. and she are all involved in, which is the Leavers Dinner after mm. the exams finish. So I've been trying really hard to not say goodbye until Mm. it is the last time I see them. But we did have also this thing called a leavers assembly, which the kids run themselves. And I do 
I must admit, it was actually really nice for Charlotte and I to stand up in front of the whole school the first time we've done that and just tell everyone how fond we are of that 139 mm. students. And so that was a that was a nice moment for me. Mm, it, you got, I have to say the two of you came across, it was such a heartfelt moment, I think, in front of that group of students. And um, in, in your kind of natural fashion, you used numbers to drive the message and, and yes. um, these highlights. They were, it was so great to hear. And yeah, it just, it just came across. Your, your affection for them was, was heard. Oh, I'm really glad about that. I, mm. We talk all the time about quality of speaking in front of the in front of various <laughs> audiences, and I realised that I was so charged with emotion that I wasn't the happiest with my quality of delivery. Mm. But I know that it would have been clear how I felt, and I think yes. that's probably that's probably the overriding success or something like that, isn't it? I think so, and yeah, it definitely it was definitely clear um, from from where we were all sitting. But yeah, yeah. You guys care a lot about that group of students who are now, after their exams are over, going to be heading out into the big wide world. That's right. Pretty exciting to think about all the places they're going as well after, mm. after their exams. Mm. We got mm. through all of our final examination preparation sessions with our combined classes and I mm. found that to be really satisfying. Continued to be really impressed with how focused and interested the kids were in that process. Yeah. So that's been really good. I feel they're heading off towards their examination um, leave both knowing what to do to be prepared and also with clarity and skills that'll get them there. So I feel like the job's done there, which is a really nice feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I no doubt we'll have um, the odd student that drops the occasional essay in for us to read over or check. And, um, and so, yeah, there's what, yeah. I think about 10 days until the level two sit their examination and so yeah, it's not, so it'll be all go for them. Not uh, all go for them, and yeah. they've got a few. They're likely to have exams before then as well, so mm. they may not be thinking about English. But yeah, no. I've told my students and the ones from that class that no longer has a teacher um, that I'll give them a twenty-four hour response rate. So if they nice. get something to me, I'll get it back to them in twenty-four hours, which I'm really pleased to be able to offer because we'll mm. have a little bit more freedom to determine how we use our time over the next few weeks and that's going to be something I'm desperate for so that's really good. Yes we will although we were just talking about how busy the next few weeks actually are going to be um, yeah. although we lose although we lose our senior classes it definitely ramps up in other areas you know we're all planning towards the beginning of next year and I know that you guys as deans have got a big task ahead of you with the new shift in the pastoral system um, mm. but our year 10s have still got their school exams to come there are still reports to write it's um it's definitely not going to be just a, a nice wee walk in the park over the next few weeks no certainly not but I, I as we did just to talk about I'm going to try and work mm. under 45 hours for the next two weeks I'm going mm. to try and stop at 45 hours which is essentially stopping at nine hours each day yeah and um See if it's actually possible once you're not actually teaching most of your classes to do your administrative work within the school day, which would be amazing if it I could. Like, <laughs> imagine you'd like I'd be able to go home at the end of the day and just be home. Yes. I'll be able to reintroduce myself to Ivan, my partner, and we'll, we'll discover <laughs> who each other is again and might be able to do a bit of exercise. I'm kind yeah. of quite excited with the prospect of maybe not that the work will be any easier but that maybe I won't have to do it 
both at work and in all and of my own home. spare time as well. So yes, that would be awesome yeah, if we can absolutely. do that. I don't know what your plans are in that respect. No, I, I'm abs- I, I'm on the same page as you. I think um, I, I definitely want to try and use that time that we are at school when uh, to get all the work done because you know there are I'm, I'm losing three senior classes so hopefully that'll give me enough time to power through the other things and like we said before if it doesn't get done on one day it's actually all right to put it on to that next day and say right I'm actually going to go home now I'm going to have some time and I'll worry about that tomorrow yeah. so I think there's a little there's a sense I get the sense over the next few weeks that pressure time pressures lift slightly because there is more time in the day so I'm hoping to do the same as you Chris and make sure that yeah things don't um delve into my personal time quite so much as they do throughout the year yeah and of course the last thing and of course we haven't actually even mentioned this in the podcast for the last few times but we've got our badge project and Mm. we're going to be trying to set up an entire suite of assessments for certain classes ready to start at the beginning of next year so that's something that also is going to fill the time over the next few weeks while we don't have all of our classes and I'm looking forward to getting back into that academic and intellectual work I'm really eager for that to start to, Mm. to, to have just time to spend really pumping some energy into it yeah. um, I think that's going to be really enjoyable but yeah. yeah well I think that's enough from us from this and of course we've got our whole conversation with Anna to come one of yes. the things that emerged in that conversation because of course we've only snatched little moments with her in between lessons up till now mm. was just how much the three of us discovered ourselves to be aligned in the core values that sat behind everything we do. And Mm. it was just a delight to hear another educator coming at the classroom from the same vantage point as we do and but also hearing what her observations and and, and, uh, priorities and kind of, uh, I don't know, the things that she cared the most about were. I, I think you'll enjoy this conversation and I'm very keen to make Anna a regular part of this Mm. don't do you reckon we should I think so absolutely I just I love any time that I get to chat with Anna she is such a valuable person to have um any kind of conversation with but particularly around your classroom and so I'm just excited that everyone gets um, access to this kind of conversation because man I've just so enjoyed working with her this year Oh, as have I. I think actually that's another thing that you and I have in common. I don't think we've ever mentioned this before, but although we're different in age, we we went to the same very unique (laughs) teacher training institution. And it was the New Zealand Graduate School of Education. And the processes they use to bring us into teaching are quite unusual and quite Mm. specific to that organisation. And and one of the things that I guess it comes up for me, one of the reasons I wanted to mention it right now, because there are so many things about the way we teach that are in accord because of how we learned to be teachers. But um, one of them is obviously being really open to having adult observers in the classroom, which Mm. of course was an essential part of that learning process because we had our tutors in our classrooms hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, And so being back in that situation where there's a a qualified and thoughtful adult in the room with whom you can reflect on the work you're doing, it's just been, I I mean, I think that's one of the reasons both of us are enjoying it so much Mm. because it's really not since I was in um, that, that learning stage that I've had so much input or mm. engagement from another qualified professional. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more with that comment. It's just so good to have someone um, who can look insightfully into what's happening in your classroom and what's 
um, what sort of things you might miss uh, during during that that hour that you're with oh, those yes. students. It's just yeah. awesome to have her there, and um, she's so interested. She's like she's, I, I I get the feeling that she's just really enjoying the whole process, and I think that everyone will hear that for themselves when she starts to speak. So I think mm. we should play that conversation, Chris. I think we should launch into it. I think we should. And mm. you you have a nice Sunday. I will. You too. Enjoy cool. the sunshine that we've got. Oh, yes, I certainly will. All right. <laughs> See, ya. See you, Renee. Bye. It's been a wee while since we hatched this plan, but I'm very excited now that we are introducing Anna, who obviously you know we've mentioned a few times in these podcasts <laughs> over the first, last few months. And Anna is a support teacher in mm. both Renee's and my classrooms. And we decided that because she gets to sit at a point in the room where she sees what really goes on from the student's point of view, yeah. that she would bring a lot of interesting input into our conversations, which is essentially why you're here. So, hi, Anna. Hello, how are you doing? Good. We're so excited to have you here. I'm really concerned that I'm going to underwhelm you, but that's okay. Well, that's just not possible. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. It's, I know we quite often reflect with each other how awesome it is to have you in our classroom and how much we enjoy the conversations that we have with you they're always so interesting and is that because it's a debrief of you with another adult in the classroom is absolutely. that why i think so no it absolutely is but i also have to say it's more than that for me mm. because i feel we have this shared set of priorities around what we should be doing in the classroom sure. and it's quite affirming to have your critical view on that because you're seeing it as an adult and yeah. so it's, it's not just another adult in broad terms it's a specific other adult who who would see the classroom as having a set of priorities that match mm. and so what whether it allows us to talk to discuss whether we're successful in yeah. what we're trying to achieve mm. uh, as someone who can think critically about it mm. now you're a teacher yeah. so you you're in the same level of qualification as us and you've got the same experience as we do mm. so maybe if i may ask you about your teaching history sure um, it is varied and colourful. So um, I studied in Scotland. I'm not a Kiwi. You can maybe tell. Um, and I taught in Scotland for about 10 years. And I was one of those teachers who was very young. I was 22 when I went to teaching. And Yay. I really struggled with this whole... The kids I was teaching were 18 years old and down to 11. So in the high school in Scotland. And with that, I really had to battle with trying to establish myself as a teacher and one thing you guys have reflected on has been about establishing yourself as a teacher and one thing I see in your class Chris is the manner in which you are just grounded and calm and the kids come to that and one thing that I really struggled with um, teaching PE was getting attention to me to listen mm -hmm. so watching other people teach I learned so much from people who had a bigger presence but I also learned from people who had who were small of stature but had the most phenomenally large presence mm -hmm. and brought the kids to them as well um, so that Teaching in Scotland was, I was saying, it was varied. So I taught in a real variety of schools. Um, some of them were private schools and they were, um, the kids were successful um, and the, the parents were, a lot of them would have been supportive. And then I worked in a completely different um, school as well where the school was seen to be failing. And I think that's, that taught me something about language and about language around school. And if you tell somebody they are failing, 
they will aim to fail. Mm. Um, I taught in that school for about six years and it was one of the best experiences of my life because um, of the variety of teaching that I had there. Um, a lot of that was really challenging, really physical. We had a police presence in school, um, which was a really beneficial thing because the police presence would be out within the community as well. But not only that, I then did things like in my summertime, and this is something you've referred to, Chris, about some teachers who do marking in the summer times are trying to pay a mortgage. <laughs> I was doing that, but I was also, I managed to get a job in Switzerland, so it sounds really fancy. Mm. But I was teaching sport in the afternoon in a summer school where the kids in the morning would teach, would be learning English, and in the afternoon they would have sports. So I was in charge of sport. It could not have been a more hugely different experience so and then I came to I was working in Australia I had a few experiences there and then I spent 10 years teaching or doing health promotion and that was out with school it was in community and then we moved to New Zealand in January right. and here I am and the full circle and you're back in the classroom I know I'm so pleased that you're here <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um, before we talk about maybe the more of the specifics of that it's probably worth mentioning that quite odd uh, hierarchy that exists in schools mm. where teachers are given quite privileged roles and quite well paid and then there's a whole lot of allied staff which is Indeed. what you currently are yeah. in this school mm. and how that um, role is doesn't doesn't have any status mm. in in the official structure of the school yeah. so what's that like it's a really interesting experience I almost feel as if every classroom I go into and every teacher I meet I want to say, hi, I'm Anna, I'm your TA for the day, but I'm actually a teacher and I've got some experience. And I think where I felt that to begin with, I now, I don't feel that. I've had a couple of experiences where I've walked in and said, hi, I'm your TA, and I've had a, a really quizzical look from a teacher. The majority of the time I've had such positive support and feedback um, and I've been really lucky that I haven't just been told you work with one child and it's just that, you can only work with one child. Um, that I've been allowed to work with a number of, of kids in classrooms as well um, and that's been encouraged. So I've been, I feel really lucky in that respect and I feel as if I have to justify myself less because it was all just about me having to justify my qualifications to me. It wasn't about anybody else. At, at, that's interesting and in terms of how the students relate to you do you notice a difference there again that's interesting because I've been this kind of silent presence for many of them sitting at the back of a classroom and the first thing that would come up was I sit beside them and then start speaking and they look horrified first of all <laughs> think why is this woman speaking to me and then one thing that you both really prioritize I think in your classrooms is um, establishing relationships with your good positive relationships with your your kids in your class and I see that as my role as well is if they've no idea who I am it doesn't matter but they need to form a relationship with me or I need to work on a relationship with them and from building that then I'll be able to support them in their learning mm -hmm. and that's the only way that that will happen and that's where we're talking about our alignment mm -hmm. because actually and that's how we operate yeah like that's the core of what we do and we've often reflected on that during our mm. podcast but it's it really truly is the very foundational building blocks for a successful classroom mm. 
and, mm-hmm. and it does come from that thing that you won't take risks unless you feel safe mm. and in a social environment you'll totally. only feel safe if you have positive relationships and, and how long does that positive relationship t- take to build up because that's not going to mm. be built up in a number of days no. and I see that now term four mm. like in comparison to term two when I started mm. the difference is dramatic the difference in the kids confidence is dramatic and seeing um, speeches for example yeah. That's been yeah. unbelievable. It really has been a. It's been a lesson, a, a, an honour to listen to some of these kids speaking confidently. Really, really well. Mm. And you, you, I think the thing I probably perceive the most at the time is just how vulnerable they are. Yeah. <laughs> they really put themselves out there, don't they? They absolutely do. And for, for many of them, most of them. <laughs> that it's, it's one of the most terrifying things that they will do all year, possibly in the scope of their entire schooling careers, you know, and, and it, it really is awesome to see how they do end up stepping up to it and, and giving it their best shot. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I would say as well, is never underestimating the fear that goes through so many kids. Um, just because you stand up every single day, it becomes second nature. What I take myself back to is every time I've started a job, how did I feel that day? Mm. And no matter how old I've been or how experienced I've been, the fear that you feel is something that can be channeled in a really positive way. But how do you learn that? Only by standing in front of a class mm. and only by absolutely terrifying yourself and to then sit down when it's finished and then for somebody to say to you or even just give you a glance and a smile or a thumbs up or to highlight something that has been really worthwhile listening to, which I think we saw an example of the other day when we had um, one of your, uh, the kids in your class was talking about a motorbike. Yeah, and we talked about, we talked about William last week. So impressive, yeah. so impressive. For a kid that I think you could have, um, he, he would maybe come across sometimes as being a negative kid, but I've made him, I think I feel this, um, kind of, I'm drawn to kids like that to think, right, I feel a challenge, I will step up to it. Mm -hmm. And for him, I sat beside him for a number of weeks before that and just chatted to him and began to make a small connection every week and then to hear how successful he was, but also to hear his reaction to your support um, and appreciation for him doing that. He was very quiet, very quiet and just said, thanks. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's, I think, almost yeah. when we all cried. Yeah, I think, I think that's, yeah. And at that point, everybody cried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that, that, I think the thing that probably fascinates me the most, because I guess I want to be that thing is, and have that and I can't, is to ask you about some of your observations from your position, yeah. like the yeah. things that you see. And I know there's a lot that I miss. Mm because you're a more silent, more integrated presence in the classroom yeah. and, and, to, and, and to sort of learn from that. Do you have any things that come to mind that you think, actually, as the support teacher, this is my domain, this is what I see? Do you know, I said the silent observer, and I do feel that I am a silent observer. So often when you're engaging with eye contact with the kids in your class, I can be watching the other ones. Mm. So I can see who, and I like to sit at the back, and that's maybe unfair of me to do that, but to see who's doing what. One thing that you're really good at, Renee, is just um, bringing their attention to you by saying, okay, crocodile, you're... Crocodile, yeah. (laughs) Because that's such a massive distraction, which Mm. I never had at school, and it's an easy distraction to to get drawn away by. So I think I see the fear sometimes. I think I see 
the emotional interaction across a room, that appreciation for somebody who's done something that's been completely out of their comfort zone from their friends or from their colleagues within the class, a nod or a thumbs up or a wink towards each other. And that supportiveness that you have within a class, again, I think uh, can't be underestimated. Mm. How good for you to feel, having stood up in front of your peers, that you get acknowledgement, not just from your teacher, but from your peers as mm. well, which I think is great. Um, I think sometimes as well, uh, emotion can run high and emotion can run incredibly high when you're 15 years old and sometimes you can't, it's unexpected, it hits you side on, you can't feel it coming and then to sit down having had done a presentation and feel overwhelmed with emotion that sometimes I can be the one to just sit beside and not ask, just sit beside and maybe that, again they must think, strange woman <laughs> <laughs> or do they think oh that's got nice that she sits beside me sometimes mm. um, and just asking them what they have felt about doing mm. that um, Mustafa who we've listened to the last couple of weeks I know he was very fearful about doing a presentation very fearful when he was conducting his presentation he reflected himself on how hard he found this how mm. difficult he, he found this um, the questions, I think, from a supportive audience really made him perform better. Mm. But when he walked away, he walked away at the back of a group of people. And I just said, well done, you did really well. And he bowed his head and he looked really sorrowful. And I said, don't, don't do that. You've done really well. You have done well. You've done it, finished it. And I think the relief on that young man's shoulders, again, maybe just a wee bit of support. So this is the silence, being able to watch, being able to, to give a, a voice or a word of reassurance. Um, again, I just feel lucky that I can do that, but also that a lot of the kids will accept that from me now that I've been here for, for long enough, which mm. is good. The, there are um, students who have particular needs for support mm -hmm. who are the reason you're in the mm -hmm. classroom. Absolutely. And we've w worked quite hard, haven't we, on trying to um, negotiate that so that those students don't feel as if they are being treated differently mm -hmm. or, or ident identified as being different mm -hmm. because I think that's obviously socially really hard for them. Absolutely. Do you find that um, we have created an environment where they can seek help when they need it? Because I do feel that the students who have the highest barriers to achieving things often also find it hardest, hardest to ask. Uh, yeah. yeah, I would agree. Um, again, something I've learned from being within both of your classrooms is about the right time, the right day, and the right smile. Maybe if that trifecta is in place and I can sit down and they, you, get, you get a feeling very quickly if they're happy to, to mm. let you help. Um, equally, you get a feeling very quickly if they're not, mm. or if it's just not a day that's happening. Um, a couple of the kids I knew in the last couple of weeks said, I have finished with school. I'm, mm, I'm just done I'm with done. school. I think, yeah, okay, you're done with school, but we still have to get through exams. Yeah. How is that going to look? Do you want to go away and um, sit outside the classroom? And occasionally you and I have done that really mm. in front of a couple of our kids. Um, and that's been successful, but when I requested it today, it didn't go down well. And right. I think that's interesting. Um, so I think, I think it is about, like us, every, some days we feel as if you know we're really up on top of our game and then other days we're just not. And it's probably up to me to try and establish 
where that is on the day that I go and visit them mm. and see if it's there. Is there anything about the way we do things in the classroom that you sit at the back and think, that's not helpful? That's a big question. I, I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm asking, I am actually asking, I'm not just yeah, no, sort of posing the question. Because there must be times, because you are developing an interaction with them where you understand mm -hmm. what's going on more intimately than we do. Definitely. And you might think, actually, yeah, I can see what they're trying to attempt here, mm -hmm. but it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know, just what I've said, actually, that some days it does work, and then some day, the next day you try exactly the same recipe, and it's a complete disaster. Mm. So I think it's more about our ingredients, about who's sitting in the room, than mm. probably you are very high achieving high level uh, performers I think when it comes to um, education you are both performers you both draw your crowd in you both demand attention you both command your classrooms you're both very good at having silence and I think that's possibly more important for that balance or for that um, learning to listen to key things that are important um, but sometimes some of our kids just don't get it mm. and they'll continue talking continue talking and that's just a criticism of you being silent that's a criticism of not paying attention i'm actually going to draw back on um one podcast that i heard earlier on about um Chris, you said that you didn't mind if kids wore jackets you don't mind if kids wear hats you don't mind if they're in it and Renee, you'd said that you know you do i like when they go in the classroom i like when they take the hoods off and I was thinking, I'm challenging myself, thinking, what do I think about this thing? Mm. And I was 100% behind you, really. Isn't that interesting? And I was wondering, is that because I'm female as well? Is that because it's something that... It, does it really matter? No, it... Does it? Does it? <laughs> but that's the question to me, because I know in your classroom, Chris, they are, they are allowed to wear a hat, they're allowed to wear their jacket, as long as it's cool, and as long as I've got the blinds at the right level, <laughs> and it's a balanced classroom, then it's okay. But you managed to get your kids, you engage your kids really well, despite them wearing jackets. Maybe because they wear jackets. Yes. Well, if you think about someone like Mustafa, who we mm. were just mentioning about, his, who was afraid to do his speech, I feel like it comes back to the relationship. Mm. Yeah. I feel like because I, because I felt alienated from my school environment as a kid myself, what I knew what I, knew I was doing when I was not choosing to wear the uniform the way everyone else was wearing yeah. it was I was trying to signal that I didn't fit in and then I wasn't happy yeah. with the with the dominant group and yeah. that I was asserting my unique identity and it was really important to me to do so yeah. because I didn't feel congruent mm -hmm. I didn't want to associate myself with yeah. that so by overlooking I, I actually you know, I like tidiness. It would be awesome if they were all in the same uniform. But the um, thing about that student is that I ask myself the question, do I want my first interaction with mm. him be for me to criticize how he looks? Mm. Or do I want my first interaction to be around something related to his learning? Yes. And, mm. and so I separate this idea of uniform appearance yeah. from learning in my head yeah. in order to overcome that moment of conflict so mm -hmm. that so that he can feel as if I'm focusing on something else about him yeah. mm -hmm. because if the other thing you do when you're a student I think who has has an element of rebellion or feels to some extent an outsider um, is that you start to embody that mm -hmm. and project it out mm -hmm. and sometimes I think by ignoring it I'm actually defying <laughs> their desire to stand out and be yeah. different and that's, that's very true but I don't know if that's 
I don't know how many people would agree that that's successful. Maybe it's Renee and I yeah. standing out, trying to be different, trying to... I wonder, Anna, I was just coming back to what you said at the very beginning about when you started teaching. Mm. You're 22 years old, yeah. young, female. Yeah. That's my story too. Yeah. You know, I started here four years ago now mm. at the age of 22. Mm. Very young, very female, older, older students. Um, and... I I had I, I felt that same need to kind of establish mm. my role yeah. as the teacher. Yeah. And I guess it's something that's just carried on. I'm definitely more relaxed than I used to be with it though, which is I find interesting, but mm. it's still I guess a point of um, just setting up my classroom for the day. Yeah, and I think your kids really respect that now. And you mm. never you're never confrontational, I don't think, when the kids come in the classroom. It's more of a remember Owen Hood. Yeah. Or just yeah. it's more of a comment rather than a criticism. Mm. Um, one thing you've mentioned there as well, the role of the teacher. And one thing we have just been speaking about, Chris, is what is the role of the teacher and how that's changed from when I did start teaching as well. That I did feel I had to establish myself in a classroom mm. and how was I worked so hard at trying to be this grown-up that I never felt that I was. <laughs> and then ultimately realised towards the end of teaching in Scotland that actually the most important thing was building relationships so that the kids could then learn. Mm. So that was, that was key. And I, I, coming back to that same point again about the classrooms that you two have definitely created have been classrooms that uh, allow the kids to learn the best way they can from you as personalities and from you as teachers as well. And the banter is lovely. The, <laughs> the laughs are lovely. Because who tells you that when you're at college about have a laugh with them? Mm. I don't think I ever had that lesson. Enjoy their personalities. That's a really positive thing. Mm. Enjoy the interaction between them, between the kids in your classroom. You don't get too much of that. This is how to teach this and this is the way it will be. And then you will go and teach that. Mm. That's just a start, isn't it, when you come out of uni? And establishing yourself as a teacher, holy smoke, it takes you at least another four years to learn what sort of teacher you might be. Mm. And then to see other people teaching and think, oh, I love the way that person does that thing. I'm going to try and do that thing. And then um, mould it to your personality. Yeah. So it's not a reflection or it's not a, a direct repeat of somebody else's work, but it's just the bits that you like that you take on to become a better teacher. As you would with the kids that you teach, some of the things that you think, oh, that's a nice way to describe, support, interact with that person. I really like that. I'd, I'd say that would be a good thing as a teacher. Mm. Well, I think we should round ourselves off. Mm. I'm really keen, Anna, for you to be part of our podcast Thank from you. this point forward. And we always seem to talk about things that are topical. Yes, so we sort we of do. come up with what this week's thing is. Okay. So you're invited to come back. I pass a test. <laughs> we would love you to come back. Flying colours, to be honest. Yeah. And this is our last week of our seniors it term is. before they go on study leave. And we've had a lot of tears. Oh my gosh, this morning, I just have to tell this way story. I, we mentioned last week we were spending the last time with um, our Fano classes. I, I had tears this morning. Some of my students had tears this morning. It was a beautiful moment, but man, it's sad to say goodbye to some of those mm. kids. Yeah. I'm even getting teary thinking about oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I think that that formation of an actually yeah. an a, a, a authentic actual relationship yep. with young people Definitely. is really important. We were talking mm. about the need for young people to have adults to test themselves out on, mm. to find out who they are in relation to. And if we can provide that consistent personality, that be authentic person that they mm. can rely on, who's going to be there the next day and who they can kind of figure themselves out in relation mm. to, then um, I think we are offering a lot more to them than simply the content yeah. of the learning. Absolutely. Yeah. I think as well, you're in such a brilliant position as well. They almost feel that their parents need to see how you see their kids because mm. you see them in such a brilliant light that often I think as parents, we don't get to see sometimes. I'm really confident that I get to see a much better, oh, more yes. full <laughs> presentation yeah. of a lot of these kids than yeah. their families often do. Oh. Yeah. And um, it's a, that is a privilege, yeah. isn't it? It yeah. really is. It truly, yeah, yeah. that. It's it is a wonderful um, it's a wonderful profession to be in. Yeah. I think I think I feel very lucky to, to have the role that I do with, yeah. these, with these students. Yeah. And when you don't feel lucky, that's when you stop teaching. Yep. yep. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you next week. This was an episode of See Me After Class with Renee and Chris. My Twitter handle is at edutronic underscore net and mine is at renee plunkett too see you next week <laughs>